This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 38 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They offer supplements designed to give you the most value for your dollars. Be sure to visit them at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Debbie McDonald in Thousand Oaks, California, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Debbie. How are you this week? I'm great. And you? I'm good, Debbie. Yeah, I had a good weekend. I attended the uh, Mid-South Eventing and Dressage Association's annual meeting, and uh, Heather Blitz was up here. You know, Heather's one of our co-hosts, and of course... The runner-up to the quiz that you so easily won. (laughs) (laughs) Heather was up here to give a seminar at the MSCDA, so it was nice to spend time with her. And we had a few people coming up to us mentioning the show. They either listened to the Dressage Radio Show or the Eventing Radio Show. So uh, I want to give a shout out to them and uh, thank them for doing for doing that for coming up and saying hello. It's always nice to meet our listeners. So uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Sarah and to Kelly to name just a few um and John uh, and a few people that came up and and uh, introduced themselves. So thanks for that. It's always nice to actually meet the people we're talking to, Debbie. Yeah, it is. It's always nice to be able to put a a face with uh listeners. That's for sure. I know um like everywhere I go, I seem to be hearing a few more people saying that they love the show. So it's, you know, it's really fun to be a part of it. That's wonderful. Well, great. Well, welcome to all of you. And just to spread the word, because we're getting uh, carried in on more and more websites around the world, literally. Um, and we're going to uh, take a break in just a moment to hear from Glenn, who has an announcement to make about a, a new website who is, has become an affiliate partner of the partner of the Dressage Radio Show. Uh, so uh, let's hear from Glenn. Well, I have Paul Smith with me, who is president of MCC Magazines, who, who is also the owner of HorseCity.com. And, Paul, I'd like to welcome you to all the shows here on the Horse Radio Network. Thank you, Glenn. We're glad to be a part of it. We're very excited. Well, we're excited to have you. You've recently become an affiliate of, of really all the shows that we do. Uh, you're carrying them now all on HorseCity.com. You have a link right there on your homepage. And we really appreciate the support that, that you've, you've given us here. And we've been talking about this for a couple of months, and it's fun to see it come to fruition. Yeah, we're, we're excited about it, too, Glenn. Um, you're right. It took it, it took us a bit to get it all coordinated, but Horse City is one of the largest equine websites uh, uh, that people can visit, and there, there's you know was a lot to it in getting it created. But uh, we're carrying all the shows, uh, and uh, it's just a great fit between what your vision is with Horse Radio Network and what we do with HorseCity.com, being all breed, all discipline, and focus, and keeping our our mantra of keeping the horse world connected. It's just a perfect fit. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about Horse City is, as you know, uh, our mission statement was uniting the horse world one show at a time. So our mission statements really do uh, coincide and, and really are along the same lines. And I just love what you're doing over there. Your staff has been great to work with, by the way. Now, explain to people, Horse City is just one of many things that are part of the MCC, the whole, all the magazines that you do and everything. Tell us a little bit about how Horse City came to be and what what are all the other things that you're involved in? Well, well Horse City came to be through uh, the vision of a gentleman by the name of Ryan Dorn, who actually started the business and, and was purchased by MCC magazines, I want to say, I don't know, 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, from there, uh, that purchase allowed uh, for you know, capital infusion and growth for uh, the website to happen. And it's become one of the largest equine websites uh, in the world today. Um, as part of that MCC Magazine group, we have a strong equine uh, base. We have Western Horseman Magazine, which in 2011 will be celebrating its 75th anniversary. It's highly, highly regarded wow. uh, Western Magazine. I didn't realize it was that old. We have uh, a regional magazine up in the Northeast called Horseman's Yankee Peddler, which is an all-breed, all-discipline all magazine. Boy, and if it you live be, in the Northeast, is, Paul, that's the magazine. That's it. I mean, it is. That's the Bible is, of the Northeast. <laughs> it is. And it is celebrating this year, 2010, is its 50th anniversary. Wow. So uh, we have two birthdays coming up with some of our products uh, that are just, uh, you know, highly regarded. We also have Quarter Horse News, which is based in Fort Worth, Texas. And we have Barrel Horse News, which is really coming on strong. That, that Barrel Horse sport uh, is, is just a growing, huge sport. Uh, and it's very exciting. So, um, and then of course we have HorseCity.com, which is obviously isn't isn't a print magazine, although we do have some digital magazines within the website that we send out. So uh, we have a strong commitment to the equine community and to the horses themselves, and helping to to um, you know educate and communicate within the sport, and and we do it through all of these different uh, avenues. Well, one of the things that I think is neat, too, is you guys really have embraced new media and are, are, are leading the way with new media now, and I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, it, it sets you apart from some of the other, uh, you know, media publications that are really lagging behind in that. Yeah, we have uh, – we, we do not only print, we do radio now through Horse, horse uh, Radio Network – uh, that we carry on the website, and, and I know some of the other magazines, uh, Horseman's Yankee Peddler will be carrying you soon on their website and, oh, great. and uh, some of the others. So, uh, but we also do, uh, you know, we have uh, social networking on our sites uh, that we use. We well, uh, do video, video. video. We have TV show that we air on DISH and direct uh, uh, networks on in-country TV, um, and, and the TV show is, is going into its... Uh, I want to say tenth season. Wow. Uh, it's it's the, the you know the viewers and the folks have been wonderful, but uh, so we try to reach or try to have something uh, for our our users. I can't just call them viewers or or listeners, but our users in in virtually every media. Our TV shows are available uh, for iPod download. Uh, obviously, your radio shows. Um, our websites are are uh, configured so that they work with. Uh, uh, mobile devices such as, you know, I can visit horsecity.com on my BlackBerry or on an iPhone, and, and it works just uh, 
just the same as if I'm on the website. So um, we're looking at some iPhone apps currently for some of the magazines and for Horse City. So, uh, so that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again for for coming on board. We really are excited that we're on HorseCity.com. We hope that uh, we can we can expose a whole bunch of new. We, well, you know, you said uh, listeners. You know, it is hard now because you're multimedia now. So we just call it a community. You've really developed a community right. over there, and it's neat that we can bring our two communities together. And I encourage all of our listeners that haven't been to Horse City go over. It's real city. It's real easy. HorseCity.com. Check it out. There's a lot of good stuff over there. Well, thank you again, Paul, and we'll talk to you again soon. Great, Glenn. Good talking with you. Take care. Well, a big welcome to HorseCity.com. Great to know that you'll be carrying the shows for us. Um, Obviously, a very popular website with a a huge uh, audience themselves, and so hopefully this this will add some value to to them, and and we really appreciate them supporting us and uh, being one of our affiliates. So welcome to the HorseCity.com. And uh, our show this week, uh, obviously, uh, Deb has to mention the World Dressage Masters, which took place last weekend, of course, down in Wellington, Florida. Big competition that was. So uh, I was able to catch up with uh, Ashley Holzer, the Canadian rider, who rides, of course, Pop Art. Uh, She finished fourth at the World Dressage Masters this past week. And I caught up with her a little bit earlier on. So we're going to uh, hear that conversation shortly. And we're also going to hear from Sarah Lysa, who's the new media senior editor from the Chronicle of the Horse. She was down there reporting on the Masters competition. So she's going to give us a full report uh, a little bit later on in the program. But before we get to that, Deb, we've got a couple of items of news just this week. And the first item of news involves the... The festival, which takes place every year, of course, the 2010 Collecting Gates Farm USCF Dressage Festival of Champions, which will serve as the selection trials for the U.S. team for the Altec FEI World Equestrian Games, will be held in Gladstone, New Jersey, over the weekends of August 6th through 8th and August 13th to the 15th. The first half of the Grand Prix National Dressage Championship and the Intermediate One Championship will run over the first weekend and the Junior Young Rider and Young Adult Brentina Cup, as well as the conclusion of the Grand Prix National Dressage Championship, will take place on the second weekend. And there's a link to uh, the um, application and selection procedure forms for the Junior Young Rider and, and Brentina Cup on our website. And well, that's, gonna be a, that's definitely going to be a, an exciting weekend to attend, won't it? Well, very busy. The two weeks, uh, absolutely. Will you be going over there, Deb? Deb do you have responsibilities? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'll have a rider in in uh, in the trials, but we'll see. You know, I mean, anything can happen. It's still a very young year, so. Yes. No, I was thinking of you wearing your, um, you know, your official uh, hat now. Apart from your coaching hat, would you have to go as part of your uh, your official role with USEF? Um, I don't think necessarily uh, that that would be, you know, something that I would have to attend, although I would definitely want to be there for sure because I think it's very important with uh, the Pan Ams coming up and things like that through the next coming years. I think it's going to be a very helpful show to see the the younger horses coming up like the, the I-1, pre-St. George I-1 horses. Yes, yes, absolutely. Good. Well, as you say, hopefully you'll be there in your official role as coach anyway. 
with Adrian Lyle. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, and just the other small item of news from the USEF this week is that their test writing subcommittee is in the process of revising all USEF te- dressage tests from training up to th- fourth levels for 2011, which will take effect December 1st, 2010. The subcommittee anticipates presentation of final test drafts for approval during the USEF dressage committee's June meeting so that the new test material should be available by late summer. And there will be a link on our website for all that test information. Um, more changes in the sport. There's always something going on, isn't there, Deb? There's a, you know, we're always tweaking this and that and new rules that you really just have to say. How do you stay on top of all that? Well, I mean, it, it's not easy. I mean, you definitely have to, you know, keep checking into the websites and make sure that nothing's changed and, um as far as the tests go, it just seems like we really get to, you know, know one and then they they move again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps us all on our toes, put it that way. It certainly does. And, of course, the rider is responsible for making sure they keep fully abreast of all the rules. But you don't get a notice to say that the rule has changed. It really is up to you to go, as you say, to do your own research, isn't it? To go to a website. Um, most of the time, though, most of the riders that definitely are... Um, members of USEF and USDF, when there is a change, a lot of times there comes something over the Internet that, you know, draws your attention that something has changed. So for most part, the um, both organizations are, are usually right on top of it, and they pretty much keep us well informed. They keep you informed, and, of course, uh, the media play their part in letting you all know that there are Absolutely. changes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be uh, listening to uh, a, a good friend of mine from uh, the media, from the Chronicle, in a few minutes, who's going to give us a report on the World Dressage Masters uh, that took place part this past weekend. But before we hear from Sarah, we're going to take a short break for a commercial. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a second. Hi, Glenn the Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network. We've been getting a lot of emails lately about the quality programming we have on the Horse Radio Network with all the different shows that we do. Many people are asking us what they can do to help the Horse Radio Network grow and expand the range of programming even further. There are three ways you can help. The first is to keep listening every week and to subscribe through iTunes or Zoom. The second is to support our sponsors and write them emails and tell them thanks for supporting the shows. And the newest way you can help is through Amazon. The next time you need to get something, or anything, really, through Amazon, just stop by the website at dressageradio.com and click on the Amazon banner in the middle of the page. Amazon gives us a percentage back for anything you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. All it costs is a couple of clicks to come on to our website first and click on the banner before you buy anything at Amazon. It's that simple. You were going to buy it anyway, and coming to the dressageradio.com website first helps you support the Horse Radio Network. We thank you for listening and supporting us here at the Horse Radio Network. Well, I spoke to Sarah Lyser a little bit earlier on. She's the new media senior editor at The Chronicle, and The Chronicle will be carrying the shows here from the uh, Horse Radio Network, and we're delighted that to have them on board as an affiliate in, in just the next few days. They'll be carrying all our shows. Uh, so it was nice to catch up with Sarah, who was down in Florida 
to cover the World Dressage Masters and uh, and so we're going to take uh, a few minutes now to hear her report on what took place down there in Florida at this uh, very important competition. Hi Sarah, thanks for joining us on the on the Dressage Radio show this week. Hi Chris, thank you. It's great to have you on the show because I know the, the the Chronicle has expressed an interest in in carrying the shows on the website too. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, that should start quite soon. Terrific, terrific. Well, you've had a, a busy week, almost a week of it down there in Florida covering the Masters. You know, it's what's becoming a really important competition now, Sarah, the the, the World Dressage Masters. A very short series, only four, possibly five uh, events in this year that are part of the series. So coming to Florida for for us is, is really important, getting those Europeans over here. And it turned out to be a real ding-dong of a competition, didn't it? Absolutely. It was really, really top competition. And there were, fortunately, a lot of people were able to come. Um, I think we don't obviously see that kind of competition, dressage competition, very often in the United States. The only other time has really been the World Cup. Yeah, ex- exactly. And of course, we had big hopes here for Stefan Peters and Ravel to, you know, continue their winning streak. But when it came down to it, you know, the the experience of uh, Anki and Zalinero, uh, it just got the edge on, on them, even though they had won the, the Grand Prix. What, what was the deciding factors there from, from where you were sitting, Sarah, as to, you know, when it came down to the freestyle? Um, you know, for me... It looked like Solinero had just gotten to the point where he was really comfortable in the ring. And Ravel, and, and this is the second time I've seen Ravel in this ring because, of course, he came to the Masters last year in its inaugural year. Ravel seems to get really lit up by that nighttime atmosphere. Um, they both put in really difficult, beautiful tests, uh, but Anki, when she's really on with Solinero... You know, I, I talked to Gary Rockwell, who was one of the judges, and he said, you know, it just looks easy. It looks like Anki doesn't even have to try. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Although Stefan, of course, had got off to a great start, but that wasn't under lights, the, the Grand Prix on Thursday. How did they all look at that stage of the game, Sarah? Uh, on Thursday, Stefan was the clear winner. He had a mistake-free test. And, I mean, what's so beautiful about watching Stefan and Ravel is, is the communication and harmony between the two of them. Ravel is so supple and so beautifully trained that, you know, it's just a joy to watch them go from movement to movement. And and, and how was uh, Isabel looking, of course, making her comeback uh, just, you know, from from the break, obviously, that she had from uh, her pregnancy and, and only just getting back into competition. I think she's only done one or two in Europe before she came here with Satchmo. And maybe a little disadvantage when they're bringing them across the pond, although they'd been here, I believe, a week before they got into competition. Uh, she said, said she was happy after the Grand Prix. How did it look to you? Did she look like she was back in the groove? Um, in the Grand Prix, Satchmo was, he appeared to be very hot, very energetic, um, and she looked like she was just holding on for the ride at times. Um, I'm sure that that's not the case, but, uh, he seemed to be much more settled in the freestyle, and, you know, she was going for it. It was really fun to watch, very exciting, because she was pushing for every 
point. And that was really what happened to them in the freestyle is, is she pushed just a little bit too hard and then had a major mistake in her canter half pass at the end. But I do think, you know, Isabel obviously doesn't come to place third, but I think she was very pleased with how well Fatchmo responded to her and listened to her, uh, especially by the time they got to the freestyle. Interesting. Now, how about Ashley Holtz? Of course, she's always up there in leading the Canadian surge and, and certainly, uh, you know, made a wonderful effort. She's become almost a Wellington resident down there. So obviously had a home advantage um, and has the benefit now, of course, Robert Dover training the team, helping them all there. Always a strong competitor, Ashley, isn't she? She is always a strong competitor. And, you know, she almost always puts in a clean test and an elegant fluid test. Um, and that's what she did. Basically, that's what she did for her two tests. She had a couple of very tiny, uncharacteristic bobbles in the pee-off with uh, Poppy. But in general, you know, they just he's a happy, happy horse. And you can tell that every time he comes into the ring. So what was your impression from the rest of the American contingent uh, in in the Grand Prix and the freestyle? We're, we're coming to the to the special in a minute because we want to talk about Leslie Morse's win, of course. But what was your impression of the other American riders at this level, Sarah? Uh, in the freestyle, I believe the only other U.S. rider was Tina Conyat with yes. Collecto. Uh-huh. And I thought they put in a, a, a really impressive test. I didn't watch the horse go at Dressage at Devon, where he won, um, but I, I heard from many people that he'd improved a lot from then. He's not maybe a classically built Dressage horse, and he has a pretty interesting backstory, uh, but he really, it was really a fun freestyle to some fun music, and, and he looked great. I thought they were a very strong combination. How about in the, in the Grand Prix? What did you think to our, the rest of our riders in the Grand Prix? So in the Grand Prix, besides the people we talked about, we had Leslie Morse and Pierre St. Jacques and Liz Austin with Olivier. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that everybody? And uh, people were getting the rust out. Um, Pierre St. Jacques had, an, uh, had a strong Grand Prix when he rides a clean test on Lucky Tiger. Mm-hmm. They can score very well, and they did in the Grand Prix. Um, Liz Austin, obviously an incredibly exciting up-and-coming talent. Uh, Olivier, who she calls Fizzy, is a really special horse, and she absolutely understands that. So they're just trying to make their way in the Grand Prix as to, you know, to a horse and a rider who've never done this before. Um, so really, really exciting to see her in international competition. And Leslie Morse, uh, you know, Tip Top has some really strong things that he does well, his elasticity and suppleness are, are superb, um, but they looked a little rusty, and Leslie would say that too. She hasn't been showing in the past seven months. And how about Pierre Saint-Jacques with, with Lucky Tiger? I mean, they got 64 in, in the uh, special. Uh, did you watch them go in the, in the Grand Prix as well? Yeah, and the difference, I think, honestly, uh, the Grand Prix looked a little safe to me. Pierre Saint-Jacques, uh, maybe a little safe, and he tried to push it just a bit in the special, and um, Tiger broke in the extended trot into Cantor, and then Hoy got, you know, little things like that that brought his score down in the special action, so I tried to have a, a much better score in the special the way he began. And Michael Barrison, of course, with Olympus, he finished fifth in, in the special. What were your thoughts on his ride? Uh, Michael 
you know, Olympus is a relatively new ride for him. I'm not sure how long that horse has been going at the Grand Prix level, and it just doesn't look as concerned as some of his You know, he has such a wonderful partner in Neruda, um, but he didn't ride Neruda here. So Olympus maybe will... You know, he just didn't look as confirmed as really what looked what it looked like. Were, were the scores? Did they really reflect the level of competition? Uh, there was just eight competitors, of course, in the in the special, uh, uh, Sarah, and nobody got higher than sixty five. Leslie's was sixty five point seven one, I believe. That and and everyone else sixty five, sixty four. That you know that nobody gets into the seventies for it was that was that indicative of the of where they all were at that point in the competition do you think that was a fair reflection i do think that was a fair reflection there were a lot of mistakes in the special um leslie was on track for a much fair score but she had an error in her walk she started going towards e instead of s and then she had several errors um he switched off leads in the extended canner, and then they had a mistake in the one companies between the pirouettes. Um, you know, she, Leslie knows how to really get the points out of the movements well. She'd had a, a free test. She absolutely went in the 70s. Uh, so uh, uh, overall, you, overall, do you think the, the, the special really, those, those scores in the special were re- truly reflected the, the level of competition uh, for that test and and in the in the freestyle then that we only got two in the eighties do you think that was fair i i mean i haven't been in Europe to watch these scores you know i've seen totalist get his ninety on on video with Edward Gall, but I have not been there to see it in person um and you know on eighty four which is what anki scored is no score to sneeze at uh, I think Isabel will be back up in the eighties. With a little more time, Satchmo looked like he just needed to build a little bit of strength. Um, you know, I'm thrilled that Stefan is scoring in the 80s with Ravel. That's very exciting for the United States. But, I mean, you know, you hardly ever see a competition unless it was the European uh, Games where, the European Championships, where many horses are scoring that high. Yeah, well, it's certainly, I think we've raised the bar now, and there's a lot of expectation on those, uh, like Ravel and, and uh, Salinero and, and, of course, Parseval and, and Tortilla. So we're really setting the scene here for an exciting year of competition, Sarah, looking forward to the World Equestrian Games later in the year. Uh, how do you think this is going to shake up for the World Cup? Because that's, of course, the next big international competition to sort these top riders out. Yeah, and Stefan has said that he's not going with Ravel. And then Leslie Morris said she's not going with Tip Top. And Ashley Holzer has said she's not going with with um, Pop Art. So I will... I don't think the North American contingent's going to be much of a factor there. I think it's probably going to be the Totalist show with um, Edward. And obviously it'll be a very exciting competition to watch with all of the top European names. Anki and Isabel did indicate that they were going. Right. Well, we look forward to that, and uh, we look forward to this continued WDM series, which is really, you know, shaping up to be a landmark series in the sport now, and uh, with the prospects of one uh, another one coming up in the uh, in South America uh, later this year. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, this is just what the sport needs, isn't it, Sarah? You know, to get these top riders from Europe coming over here to compete for top dollars. What the sport needs, and the Europeans had a fabulous time. Both Isabel, uh, 
Benny Keys, who helps is part of the Ex Grief uh, group and helps sponsor the shows. And you know, they just they had nothing but wonderful things to say about Florida and about the uh, facility in Wellington, the Palm Beach International Equestrian Center. They were they had a great time. Anki joked about it. She said, "I wish there were two competitions so that I could stay longer." <laughs> and how were the crowds? Did the crowds show up for the big event? They sure did. Um, Saturday night, I think almost all the seats were sold, and it was really, really fun. And, you know, the atmosphere was very electric. It's under the lights there in Florida. It's a really good time. I think that even more people should come because, it's, it's, you know, it's an experience you won't get any other way. And even people don't know their way around international dressage. They're going to have a great time. Well, thanks, Sarah. We really appreciate your input, and we hope you'll uh, come back on the Dressage Radio Show uh, as the season unfolds and uh, the Chronicle carry the shows. We, we really appreciate your insight into this and, and hopefully other competitions in the year. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. All right, terrific. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, that was a great report, Debbie, and I'm sure as a competition that you followed, um, just... For, for Stefan, maybe a little bit disappointing that, you know, so near and not quite there, just still got beaten by Anki. But a tough competition, you know, when you get to that level, isn't it, Debbie? You know so well, it's very little in it at the top. Oh, I, it very, very. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it was a, an exciting weekend for everybody to, you know, either watch the results happening over the Internet or to be there in person. Um, and and so much rides on day to day. You know what your horse feels like that day, and um, no one knows that more than myself. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, you know, I I was noticing when I saw the the video clips that came out of the night of the freestyle how windy it was. All the tailcoats of the riders were just flapping around. You could hear the the flags actually over the um, internet. So. I mean, that could have played a big part in a lot of the horses, too. So, like I said, you know, you just never know what you have that day. And, and uh, I watched all of the, the top three riders over the Internet and thought all three rides were so, you know, so close. And it just seemed that Anki that night was, was the cleanest. So, you know, it comes down to something that minute to make the decision, but certainly I thought all three horses looked fabulous. Yes, and it, you know, and it is an indicator of what's to come. It's going to be a very, very exciting year in uh, competition at that level of the sport, uh, Debbie. Uh, you know, we, we've got so many good horse and rider combinations around the world now. You know, it's great to have those Europeans come over. Just a few of them came over, but so good for our exposure because usually we have to go over there, don't we? Oh, that's for sure. I mean, it really helps our sport because these are, you know, names and people that they hear of all the time and never ever get a chance to actually see them in person. So it does help our sport, and, and from what I understand, it was very well attended, and um, that's always good to know. Well, it is, and uh, we're also going to be uh, joined by uh, Ashley Holzer, you know, the Canadian rider, uh, you, who you know so well, of course, Debbie. She's so often in recent times been the highest-placed uh, Canadian rider at this level of the sport, and she finished fourth at the World Dressage Masters. And uh, So we're going to be uh, hearing from Ashley in just a few minutes, but before we do, we're going to take another short commercial break. 
Over-supplementation can be a problem, and not every horse needs a supplement. But when they do, you can count on Kentucky Performance Products to provide scientifically formulated, research-proven products that target specific challenges facing your dressage horses. Developed to complement, not compete with a balanced diet, KPP supplements will enhance the well-being of your horse. Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. You know, dressage horses sweat. As they sweat, horses lose water and vital electrolytes. Summer Gains Plus Electrolyte Paste mimics the composition of equine sweat, supplying your horse with the exact amounts of electrolytes he needs. But what makes Summer Gains Plus really unique is that it also contains Nalox Antacid. Nalox protects your horse's stomach from the negative effects of stress. This extra protection is especially important for horses exposed to stressful situations such as competition, transportation, and unfamiliar stabling. Summer Games Plus is packaged in an easy-to-use syringe, making administration fast and accurate, especially at shows. So when your horse is on the go, keep him at the top of his game with dual-action Summer Games Plus electrolyte paste. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, we're coming now to our second guest this week, Ashley Holzer. As I mentioned, she's been a leading Canadian rider for a number of years and spends some time down in Florida uh, when she's not uh, that during the during the winter. That is, and when she's not there, she's up in uh, New York, up, up New, New, upstate New York, and uh, a very very popular member of the Canadian team, uh, Debbie. Someone you've known for a while, I'm sure. Yes, and Ashley and Popart. I mean, you know, what a treat to watch them in person, especially. I mean, they just, um, you know, it's just one of those combinations that you can tell they've been together for a while. It's such a great partnership, and um, and she's such a lovely person as well. So, I mean, I can imagine she was extremely ecstatic about her placing and um, can't wait to hear from her. Absolutely. Well, let's hear what uh, Ashley had to say to me earlier on today. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on the Dressage Radio Show after what's been a really exciting few days for you down there in Wellington at the World Dressage Masters. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it really has been a a great time for you. You finished fourth. You did that last year, and you also placed over in in Hickstead. So you're getting used to this WDM and the uh, series and, and the prestigiousness of this event it really has become an important event on the calendar hasn't it uh, Ashley? Well I think the great thing about it is the Masters really does in in my opinion um, ensure that you're going to be riding against the top people in the world and uh, that's kind of a great thing when you're really looking for great competition you know that when you go to a Masters competition that's exactly what you're getting they're very very well run Um, the footing is great, the judges are fabulous so it does sort of in my opinion uh, really ensure a great competition. And, of course, in, in Wellington, Florida, you can't go wrong with the weather as well. You had the crowds there this time, everything to build up to the kind of atmosphere that you need at that level to test your horse in different environments. Uh, so tell us about Poppy's performance there. You finished fourth, of course, as I said earlier, in, in the uh, freestyle. A nice result for you. Uh, how did it go that whole weekend? Did you come into it just where you wanted to be? 
You know, I did, I did to the Grand Prix very well. I was very happy with my Grand Prix performance. Um, he was a little tense in that ring. As you were saying, there were a lot of people there and the crowd, uh, was really electric, which was really wonderful. When I, I came into the Grand Prix, they were cheering for my horse, which always puts a smile on my, my face. He's <laughs> such a special horse and, you know, so many people love him. So uh, that that sort of melted my heart a little bit when I came in. And then when we went into the Grand Prix, my friend's husband was joking, are we at the Super Bowl? He said I had to wait for the first time in a lineup to get into dressage. <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of fun. Um, he did a great Grand Prix. He was a little tense coming into the last PF, unfortunately, and we got our signals crossed up a bit. Um, but then he went into an amazing PF and finished with the great, um, I do a big PF pirouette at the end. Um, yeah, I was thrilled. My coach, um, Robert Dover, is our new Canadian coach right now, and he really felt that the performance was right on line for where we're headed for the WAG. And Evie Proct, who is my old teammate and has helped me with Poppy since day one, um, was also thrilled. And I was close to third. As, you know, my, my girlfriend's mom emailed me, four out of five judges had you third. So, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I was excited. <laughs> it, was, it was exciting. I had a great, great time. And like I said, to be in Wellington, you just can't beat it it's such a fabulous place to show and ride and i love it there and then you had of course the day off um between the grand prix and the freestyle or almost two days i mean uh, because you mm-hmm. did it until the evening so how did, how did you spend that with him it was some fine tuning before you did your freestyle or were you comfortable with where he was I was pretty comfortable where I was. They were they opened up the arena in the evening so people could go and be under the lights, and I opted out of that, which at the time I thought was smart because it poured with rain that night for the, the you know the hour that was open in the ring. But when I was in the ring, I think maybe I should have gone under those lights the night before and just got him a little accustomed to it. It's been a long time since we've been outside under lights, and he was a bit. Um, let's just say bug-eyed when he first went in. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe maybe I did the right thing, maybe I did the wrong thing. I'm not really sure. But, uh, you know, like I said, I uh, you live and learn with this sport every day. You know, they're animals and uh, one minute they're one way and one minute they're next. So, uh, yeah, live and learn. But uh, I was I was pretty happy. I rode a light, night, a light day, sorry, the, the morning before, and I rode him a, quite lightly the morning of. Um, and he seemed very relaxed, but um, that really didn't play uh, out as well as I thought when I took him at night down to the main ring. And he was, like I said, I think at one moment I was happy I had my helmet on. It was a little <laughs> wild. <laughs> as my coach was saying, lean back, lean back. Um, he's a little bit fresh. But uh, listen, it's it's fun that they're horses and they love to go out and do their job and they're fresh and they feel good. So, you know, that's, that's something to be said about our sport that we have horses that love doing what they do. Well, absolutely. He certainly rose to the occasion. And, and once he got over the, the spectacle of the working, you know, in that big arena under lights, did ha, did he settle down and did you have the horse to ride that you needed at the time? Yeah, like I said, he in the beginning he was a little tense and then he settled and he did a great, great test. And like I said, just at the end we had a little miscommunication coming into the, little, the last PF, which was, I think, my fault. I was sort of riding the horse that I thought I had at the very beginning of the test and I rode a little too strongly, but, you know, he recovered immediately when he figured out, you know, Ashley, you're doing the wrong thing. Hurry. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's a pretty smart animal and he, um, he loves to do his job. So I was, I was thrilled with my horse and to be up there against, you know, the best in the world is, is for me, frankly, 
you know, such a thrill to be in such company. I really am so thrilled to be in this sort of company. Well, that's obviously an important uh, preparation for the World Equestrian Games, Ashley, to, as you say, to have that kind of exposure to the, some of the top Europeans, something that you, you, you need as, uh, in, in the international arena. What's your plans now as you go forward into the summer, Ashley, with uh, Poppy? Well, you know, it looks like Canada wants to send a tour of riders over to Europe um, to compete around, you know, Rotterdam, Aachen, Lingen, that sort of time, mm-hmm. June, in the beginning of June, um, a little bit of July, I think. And then, because the World Championships this year, or sorry, the World Equestrian Games this year are really quite late. They're yeah. at the end of September. Yeah. Um, so for us to be ready, it's quite a hole if we just, you know, do our great competitions now in Florida, and then we really don't have a ton going on in um, North America, sort of May, June, July. So they're really, they really feel strongly that we should go over and do a tour in Europe, which I'm ex- excited to do. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, my kids are out of school in June, so they can come with me, which is great. So that's what I'm looking forward to, and then coming back and ramping back up for September. So I think that's our plan. And of course, he's what now thirteen years of age. You've got a well established partnership with him. What kind of competitions does he need in his preparation for a major championship like this? I mean, obviously, you're an Olympic veteran. You've 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 been through these scenarios time and again, Ashley. What have you learnt that he needs in his final preparation for a big event? I think that the big thing that unfortunately age gives you is experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the thing that that I sometimes people see these events and they work too hard they try too hard and these are like i said animals that unfortunately can get hurt can go lame and there's a fine line between being the very best you can be and overdoing it so i'm i'm a little on the cautious side my husband is a great supporter of mine and he's always reminding me listen poppy knows his job keep him fit keep him sound, keep him healthy. And I think really that's the, the, my goal uh, coming up to the world is that he stays healthy, he stays happy doing his work, he's as fit as possible because I do believe the fitter they are, the better they can, they can do their job. Um, so I think, you know, I, I work really hard at that. I sometimes take him out twice a day. I'll just walk, trot, canter him or take him for a long hack. That he, get out, that he gets out a fair bit. He also goes out in the paddock every day and loves to run around. It was funny. He was in the paddock yesterday after the Masters, and he was galloping around <laughs> the paddock, and he wouldn't be, he, no one, he wouldn't let anyone catch him. And normally he, he loves to be caught and brought back, and he was galloping around, and I was sort of singing, born free. He was, like, running and looking beautiful. So I, I do think that's very important that they're strong and, and they, you know, go out and have a good time as well. Because this is, it's to balance this very hard work is is tricky. Um, I think it's easy to sour a horse. Uh, I think it's easy to maybe get them a little, you know, overdone and overworked. So I'm very cautious of that. So I'd like to go and do a few shows because I think it is important to keep yourself mentally in the right spot for competition. I think, if you know, the first show in Florida that we had, I hadn't competed since November and I was a little rusty, I have to say. You know, it, it, you in Europe, they're lucky. They can compete almost every weekend on different horses and keep themselves really alert. So I think it's just really important that I keep myself alert and that I that I remember, you know, what I have to do and you know, how I have to do it and focus on my goal of keeping my horse happy and healthy. 
Well, interesting. You know, I mean, that is an important balance. But when you're trying to keep a horse at this level fit, fit for big events and, and, and knowing him as well as you do, Ashley, do you give him a break at all? Would he have a little bit of a letdown or sort of be out of hard but work I don't, for a I, while? I don't really totally let him down. I do make sure that he is out and um, working every day. I certainly do not train the hard movements all the time. And after, you know, Florida, he certainly will go back out and do less work. I unfortunately have to go and have surgery on my hand. So um, after the uh, next CDI, I think I have to do it. And so that means, you know, he'll get walked out and cantered and what have you, but he will not, you know, get worked as hard as he normally does with all the tough movements. But he said, I'm, I'm careful that I change my work a lot. I, like I said, I take him out, I hack him, I do lots of hill work. I do stuff that makes him work, yet not necessarily feel like he's working that hard. And right. I do believe that that's important to balance that for your horse. You keep him active, but to ease off the pedal a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what else are you up to then, apart from having to have surgery, Ashley? Um, I hope that's not too serious. No, it's really, it's an embarrassing, um, embarrassing mishap. My husband was training for the marathon and I um, was helping him train and I was running to meet him at his marker point where I would come and meet him and run with him. And I was late and I ran across the road and I fell and I didn't think it was anything. Oh. And I've unfortunately ripped the ligament from a bone or something like that so now Ouch. i have to have it thrown back on but uh no it was one of those stupid things i can't even say that i was jumping a huge oxer and i fell off nothing <laughs> at all just running across the street <laughs> nothing so Quite glamorous, embarrassing huh? no very embarrassing <laughs> especially when they were all like ma'am are you okay ma'am ma'am <laughs> a little embarrassing <laughs> so do you cross train do you run as well yes i run i run a lot do you so what, yeah, what? I really do. I my husband is really big into running, and he drags me out there and and uh, makes me run a fair bit. So yes, we're out there running a lot. Uh, anything else you do to cross train to keep those core strengths uh, at, at where it needs to be? Yeah, I, I wish I had more time. I have to tell you, but by the time I've ridden all the horses I need to ride, and you know taking care of my kids and run. I mean, no, I, I really don't. Every week my girlfriend raves about yoga and I should go to Pilates with her, but uh, it never seems to fit into the big picture. But I'm sure <laughs> hopefully if I get a spare a half an hour, it's, probably, it's right on my, my to-do list, that's for sure. Because so I think it cannot help. It cannot hurt. I'm just it's got to help. Yeah, yeah, there's so much we, we can be doing, of course. How many horses mm-hmm. do you typically ride a day, Ashley? Um, normally about six. Right. So, so you're certainly right, riding fit. And how long will you stay in Florida? You know, we are going to stay down here. We typically stay down till April, the beginning of April, middle of April, and then the horses come back up north. Terrific. Well, obviously, you've got a very busy and important year ahead of you. And, you know, we want to congratulate you again on that wonderful success at the World Dressage Masters down there, fourth place, and uh, a lot to look forward to this year. So I hope you'll come back on the show, Ashley, and uh, and give us reports as the, as the year unfolds. And we'll certainly see you here in Lexington in the fall. I would love to come back. I think it's great that we have this show, and I'm 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 uh, really appreciative of all you do for our sport. I think it's great that you're able to get information out to people that wouldn't necessarily, you know, get the information. And, and I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you very very much. Well, thank you, Ashley, for your time, and uh, good luck. And we look forward to having you back on the show. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. 
Well, you talked about great partnerships, uh, Debbie, and that certainly is one very well established, well confirmed at that level, and only looking forward to great things. As she mentioned, she's going to hope to head over to Europe for a few uh, European shows as part of her preparation for the World Equestrian Games. So, uh, you know, a busy year for her, and she has a family to uh, to attend to, as she as she said. Uh, so, a very full, very full year, and we're going to have her back on the show later in the year. And, I think it'll be very, very a lot of fun. In fact, I think we have to invite her on to be a co-host, uh, maybe after the World Equestrian Games, Debbie. Oh, that would be fun. I think <laughs> that would be great. Um, and uh, you know, always wishing her great success. She's a she's a great competitor for sure. A great lady. Well, I certainly enjoyed that conversation. Now, talking about great partnerships, uh, Debbie, I had this idea that we should have a new series on the show and invite our listeners to write in with suggestions of their choice of great partnerships uh, from over the years, horse and rider partnerships um, that have to be retired, uh, but there are partnerships that, the, that they particularly would like to, to hear more about. And so we will be contacting the, the rider. If you come forward with your suggestions, just send me an email at chris at horseradionetwork.com um, and I will endeavor to pursue the riders and uh, and have them on the show to talk about those great partnerships because when you think about all those horses that are retired in within our memory debbie and you or i are of the similar vintage shall we say without giving too much away (laughs) (laughs) that there have been just so many wonderful partnerships around the world and and that 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 have left such an imprint in our memory you know and you can see them in that in a particular competition and you can just see the way they you know you you have that vision in your mind's eye don't you of of particularly oh, absolutely. I, I mean, there's several that come to my mind, but I mean, it is, it, it'll be very interesting, very fun to, to see what comes of this. Yes. Yeah. No, and, and who gets suggested? So, uh, um, as I said, write to me, Chris at horseradionetwork.com with your ideas. Well, we're coming to our tip of the week, uh, Debbie, and something that uh, you've been thinking, giving some thought to, and uh, we, we're going to call, which side does your horse favor? So um, how did you come up with this? Because obviously you see a lot of horses ride and you see a lot of riders react to horses and which horse, and understanding which side those horses favor. Right. I mean, um, a lot of times when I'm giving clinics um, around, I notice that people are, are not really understanding sometimes what a stiff side side really is. And, um, the stiff side is the side that's actually the, the side that in a circle has to elongate. So like if you're going in a right circle, for instance, and you find it a little bit more difficult for your horse to go that direction, it doesn't mean that the right side is. It's the left side of the horse's body that's, that needs to be stretched and, and, and exercised, it, just like we would if we were bending from side to side. One side usually is much harder to to bend over that direction, and it's very much the same for the horse. And so, like, you would be, if you go to the left, that side is actually going to be much easier for that horse. And when you go back again to the right, it's not really the right rein. It's the left side of their body. And that's um, one thing that people need to recognize in their horses because there's a lot, you know, the lots of gymnastics you can do to help with this just like with with our own bodies lots of stretching exercises and and just making circles 
you know, like if you were in a figure eight, for instance, you'd make two circles to the right to keep exercising the left side and then a circle to one circle to the left to give the horse a break and, and let the muscle kind of uh, have a break for a moment. But it's also, um, it can be, it can change from day to day because a horse can actually have sore muscles just like we do. And for instance, that side, you might supple it really well one day and you'll come out and you'll feel the right side being a little bit stiff. And you just, it's something for a rider to think about when they're riding their horses to make sure that they do gymnasticize both sides and actually get their horses to feel more supple to both directions and not thinking that it has much to do with the, for instance, I see a lot of people working hard on that inside rein when actually it's, it's not that side of the body at all that's, that's having the difficulty. So it's just something to put in your back of your mind when you're riding your horse and you think, hmm, you know, maybe this could be, it could be sore muscles, it could be just the natural side of the horse. They're naturally going to be a little bit stiffer to one side. So just something to think about and take the time to really gymnasticize your horse and, and, and make it become a little bit more um, symmetrical and supple to both sides. Now, when you're doing those suppling exercises, Debbie, the gymnastics to keep them supple on both sides, would you always do that with them on the bit? Um, no, no, you can definitely do that in your warm-up. I mean, you can start that right away in your, in your long, low warm-up, and when you cool them down, same thing. I mean, those are exercises that you can do from the beginning that actually start, you know, in a very, it's a much, it's, it's kind of a, a better way to start getting into it, you know, and that's great that you brought that up because, um, it's a, you know, you're warming those muscles up anyway, so it's great to start warming them up gently like that on a big 20-meter circle. And then as you get them on the bed, you can, you can make those circles, you know, 15, 10 meters, you know. But in the beginning, the nice big 20-meter circles and giving them a time for those muscles to get blood flow and, and, you know, oxygen to those muscles. Would you ever use poles on the ground on a circle or, or, or part of a circle, obviously, just those three or four poles on the ground, to encourage a horse to go long and low and and supp, you know supple up the side which he's is uh, you know he's been favoring um to 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 get you know to give him a chance to if you will lengthen and come through his body in a supple way by you know focusing on the poles rather right. on on what you're trying to achieve if you see what i mean it's just a, a means to an end exactly exactly you know i i never think that poles on the ground in any any way are are a bad thing you know it also even helps the horse keep its attention so um you know and it's it like you said it's a great w way to have a horse you know they want to reach down and look at what they're going to step over mm -hmm. so it's a great exercise to help a horse that maybe doesn't like to stretch long and low yes which yeah. we we must also say has nothing to do with Rolker, I have to say that, because there's a lot of people yes. talking about that <laughs> yes so that you know don't think that you can't still 
ride your horse in that way because it's a great way to warm up the muscles and yes, the mind. And you don't have to have the horse's chest, you know, uh, uh, chin on his chest. This is a way yeah. of, of extending him, you know, encouraging him to use his shoulders and lengthen in front and, and as Debbie says, to, to reach down, to focus on his stride. And, of course, it's very good for their rhythm too, isn't it? And especially with a young horse, Debbie, to use poles you know, just to get them sort of ambling over a pole and get them into into a, a rhythm so they don't think about it. It just is. absolutely, absolutely, and it's just like I said. You know, when I when I think of long and low, I think of um, a good way to to make somebody get a visual of that is if you visualize your horse in a pasture and grazing that frame of the horse. Yes, when it's stretching down to grab a bite of grass, it's very different than stretching to bite its chest absolutely absolutely so that's kind of you know you get a visual of what long and low should be and it should be more of the horse reaching out to grab the grass and a natural a very natural position for a horse to be in very natural obviously uh that's a great uh image to to think of it as a as a as a reference for this i think that's a great tip i hope people have found that helpful and uh, as ever if you have any questions for debbie and any uh, about the tips that we um offer you each week uh, don't forget to write to us at chris at horseradionetwork.com i'll make sure debbie gets those questions and as always you will find our show notes on the website at dressageradio.com don't forget to visit our fan pages at Facebook. And there's one for the Dressage Radio Show, and I've just started one myself. That's Chris Stafford. You can uh, join me there and uh, get the scoop on what's happening uh, in the uh, Horse Radio Network world uh, on these shows because we're also about to start the Jumping Radio Show too. So if you have an interest in jumping or know anyone that does, then uh, I'll be starting that up in the next few weeks. And you can follow us on Twitter, of course, as always, at Horse Radio and at Chris E. Stafford. Don't forget our official social network here at the Horse Radio Network is Equestrian Life. You can find them at equestrianlife.com. You can leave a voicemail for us here at 270-803-0025. And don't forget uh, to send your comments and questions and suggestions to Chris at horseradionetwork.com along with your choice of ideas for great partnerships for our new series. And uh, we would like to thank our sponsors, as ever, of course, for making this show possible. Well, Deb, that about wraps it up this week. Um, you're obviously got a busy weekend at Thermal. Uh, tell me, tell us about that. How many horses do you have there this weekend? Well, we're actually just taking the CDI horses. We'll be taking three from our uh, my my barn directly, but I will be helping several other students there. So. It will be a busy, a busy weekend for sure, and I'm just praying that we don't have rain. <laughs> well, I feel for you. Certainly, you know, there's been some very strange weather about around the around the country, and we've been lucky. We've had some snow here in Kentucky, but nothing like they've had up in the Northeast. It's been absolutely terrible. What about uh, back at your other home in in Idaho, Debbie? Uh, how's the weather been up there? Have they had a lot of snow there. They have had their share of snow. I think it's been actually a, not an over amount, but I think they're having a good year, which is great for the ski business up there and all the local, you know, businesses that are trying to survive in today's market. So I'm happy for them. I think they've gotten just about the right amount, but not over. 
Well, certainly uh, good for the local economies. And uh, when you mentioned skiing, I had uh, I had to uh, uh, remember, of course, that the Vancouver Winter Olympics starts uh, this weekend. So, uh, will you be watching any of that? Do you follow any of the winter sports, Debbie? Are you a oh, skier? Oh, I, I do. I love the Olympics period. I love watching all of it. <laughs> do you? <laughs> so, yes. I mean, definitely. When when I come home in the evening, that will be the first thing that goes on television. Oh, fun. Good. All right. Well, we'll have to compare notes then in a couple of weeks' time when you come on the show. You will come back and join us, won't you? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Lovely to have you, Deb. Thank you so much. And uh, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, We'll be back here again at the same time, same place next week. And on the same and on any affiliate websites around the world, so uh, you know where to find us. Thanks again for listening, and Deb, thank you so much for joining us. So until next week, we'll see you soon or hear you soon. I hope and uh, have a great ride and stay safe.